Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a man or woman from the snares of death. What's it talking about? It's talking about this. People everywhere are drinking of the polluted waters of the lies of Satan. We're in a world tonight that doesn't agree with Christian principles. Christian parents, teachers, bosses, aren't your words life or death? Today, Pastor Mark warns us to consider this as we learn that on our own, apart from God, we can't control what we say. Scripture says the tongue is untamable and poisonous, but God has a cure. First, we must start with a changed heart. This happens when you become a Christian. Second, guard your mouth by being quick to listen, slow to speak, and avoiding anger. Finally, speak only helpful words, words of godly counsel and good advice. Keep in mind, believers should positively affect, not infect, those around them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 4, with our continuing study entitled, The Power of Our Words. It's better sometimes not just to say anything than to open your mouth and get yourself in trouble. Now that's not being deceptive. It may be that you can just be quiet. Everything doesn't require a long, full answer. If somebody comes to you with a gossip, and by the way, the reason we are condemning, the reason we like to carry gossip is because we feel better when we tear others down because we think it builds us up, but really it tears us below them. So the next time you hear gossip and you go, ooh, look what they did, as you tattle it, look what you've done. You're as bad, if not worse, than that individual. See, you don't need yourself built up. God will build you up. Don't build yourself up by tearing other people down. So what this says is somebody comes in this juice morsel of gossip. If I had this big bonfire up here and it's going out and I say, bring me another log. That's what gossip is. Put another log in it, man, this fire's going again. But if you say, you know what, I really don't care to hear that. In a nice way, you're not going to put them down. You just, I'm not interested in that gossip. What happened? Fire starts to go out. That's exactly what that verse means. So I can stop that tail right in its tracks. Now, can I do it in my own strength? No, I need God. I need a new heart. I need a heart that is trying to please God. Now, most of us know that. We've been in trouble. We'd like to, we've eaten our words, and they haven't been very tasty at times. Here's point number three. 
Speak only helpful words. Look at Proverbs 18.4. I'm going to give you about five ways to speak helpful words tonight. The first is words of godly counsel and good advice. Proverbs 18.4 says this, The words of a man's mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. If you've ever had a drink from an artesian well, clear, deep water, crystal, cold, man, it's refreshing. Well, that's what this means. It's just a wonderful, wonderful experience to listen to godly people who are mature, who have been around life, and they're not embittered by it, they're sweetened by it. And when you go and ask advice, counsel from them, and you see their tremendous insight of life, and they're so positive about life, I love that. How many of you have ever, you've been hot like crazy, and you go to one of these fountains and you go to drink in it, and it feel like you're drinking boiling water. Ugh. But then, if you're around somebody who's mature in the Lord, and you have a question, you need advice, and you go to them, and they say, they're a positive person, and they give you advice, it's like you just had an artesian well, and you put a cup right there, and oh man, crystal, clear, cold, refreshing water. That only comes from mature believers with age who have remained sweet, full of grace. So I'm speaking to those of you that are older tonight. Is that the kind of person you are? You know, we're getting ready to do the mops thing, the mothers of preschool kids, and we're going to look for grandmoms and whatever to watch the kids and come in and help the, help the young mothers learn about life. If you're bitter and angry and negative, whatever, don't sign up. But if you like life, and I know you have plenty to offer, what a resource. That's what Solomon's talking about. Look at Proverbs twelve eighteen: Words of peace and healing. In other words, my words can not only be a knife that cut, but they can be words of peace and healing. Proverbs twelve eighteen: The tongue of the wise brings healing. Proverbs 15, 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath. Proverbs 15.4 says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. How wonderful that my words, instead of tearing down, causing trouble, can bring healing, reconciliation, and peace to trouble's lives. Don't you love when you're around people and there's, a, there's an argument going or something just isn't right, you can just sense it in the air. Don't you love when, when God allows somebody to offer a word of peace? And the whole thing just kind of... That's, that's what it's about. That's what we're to be like. We're not to get in the, get in the thing and stir it up some more. Let me give you my point and stir this thing up here. As a Christian, I'm to bring words of healing and peace. Wow. How wonderful. Proverbs 25, 12. Turn there. Words of loving correction. You see, there's a, there's a balance to this. We have to be careful. We can't, we can't just speak and never give a balance to the word, sometimes there is correction needed. Proverbs 25, 12 says, Like an earring of gold or an ornament of fine gold is a wise man's rebuke to a listening ear. The New Testament in Ephesians 4, 15 says this, We're to speak the truth in love. The emphasis is on love. All of us need to be corrected. Now, the way I want to be corrected is from somebody that loves me and knows me. And I know they care about me. That's the way to correct somebody. 
Because you, in turn, want to be corrected the same way. That's the way I try to teach. I don't always accomplish it, but I try to teach with words that don't put you down, but will challenge you to change in a loving way. We'll see later that Jesus does exactly the same thing. Next, words of encouragement. Look at Proverbs 15.23. And then look at Proverbs 16.24. 15.23, A man finds joy in giving an apt reply, and how good is a timely word. A timely word. A word of encouragement. At just the right time. Look at Proverbs 16.24. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. Man, that's what we need. Boy, in this world do we need encouragement. We just need that those words of encouragement and building us up and positive. Keep your finger there and we'll be back in a moment. Turn to Ephesians, New Testament. I want you to read this. If you don't have this verse circled, you need to have this verse circled in your Bible. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Paul speaks about making sure that we encourage people. Even when we don't see much to encourage them, look for something good in your children, in the people that's serving you, at bosses, whatever, employees. Look for something good. Instead of being critical, negative, or harsh, look for something good. Ephesians 4.29. Pretty bold statement. Do not let, and you might want to circle this next word, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen so if it isn't uplifting and honest honestly correcting then we're to keep silent if it isn't bringing hope and encouragement in life then we're just basically to keep silent in other words the overall thing is to be encouraging building up people so that they will benefit from our words how wonderful to be around people that have that ability to just give words at the right time and to encourage it now i don't mean people that just you know slobber all over you with all these words that mean nothing and pretty soon everything that comes out of their mouth you don't even want to be around them anymore Oh, you say, whenever they dress you on the perfect you pretty soon you would just shut up but yeah because you know it's not from where not from the heart. They're just rambling. But when it's from the heart, and they're encouraging you, and I think it's good for us to ask God, you can add that to your prayer list in the morning, God, help me to come across somebody today who needs a word of encouragement at just the right time. Any of you have a time this last week where you needed one of those? And sometimes it's not there. How good to be sensitive to the Spirit and look and be able to give a word of encouragement. Back to Proverbs 13. Words of life. Words of life. This is very important. Proverbs 13, 14 says this. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a man or woman from the snares of death. What is it talking about? It's talking about this. People everywhere are drinking of the polluted waters of the lies of Satan. We're in a world tonight 
that doesn't agree with Christian principles. I'll share you a very interesting story, I don't have time tonight, about a biology teacher in Minnesota who has let go of his job, master's degree in biology, because he was a Christian. And they've taken him to the Supreme Court of Minnesota and said, a Christian cannot be a biology teacher. And they have won. I'll have more detail next week. You see, we live in a world that is totally akin to how this country started. You say, well, that's impossible. Well, he's without a job. You see, the spring from Satan is nothing but polluted water. And look at the verse. It will bring death. You say, what what do you mean it will bring death? Here's some of the lies from Satan. You've heard them. All roads lead to God in heaven. You can be good enough to work your way in heaven. This is one I heard today. The individual said, I don't need church. I don't need this. I'm, if I'm good enough, I'm going to heaven. That's a polluted stream. And it ends in death. Well, what can change it? Look at the verse. The teaching of the wise. What is the wise? God's word. So we have to, in a loving way, say to those people, and I did during the wedding ceremony, this is not about a church. A church can't save you. A man can't save you. Your good works can't save you. Your communion can't save you. Your baptism as a baby, only God can save you. You see, without this truth, look at the verse, a man or woman is in the snare of death. But then turn to Proverbs 25, 25. A Christian's word, a pastor who teaches the word of God, has life in the tongue to give people. And so do you. I love verse 25, 25. Look what it says. Like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a distant land. What does it mean? It means this. People without Christ, some of you are here tonight. You see, the Bible tells us, listen, Christian, listen, that our friends, our family members who don't know God are thirsty for life. And what this verse says is, when you and I have an opportunity and we get to share to them, you can go to heaven. Your life can be changed. Your sins can be forgiven. It's like a good cold drink from a faraway land. By the way, who is this really speaking about? Jesus Christ, who came from a faraway land with good news. The world was thirsting for truth, and he came. Now, we have that same privilege. Turn to John chapter 4 with me for a moment. We're going to cover John chapter 4 in two minutes. Here we go. You know the story. But sometimes after all of this teaching, all of these keys, we miss practical things. If you're a Christian tonight, we're to be like Jesus. So I want you to look, and you might want to have fun with it, because I'm not going to take a lot of time with it tonight, but you might have fun with this chapter 4, with Jesus and the woman at the well. Many of you know the story, some of you don't, we're going to go through it quickly. Go through it. Put yourself, listen, listen, put yourself in the place of Jesus. How would you answer, how would, what words would come out of your mouth to this woman? Would they be like Jesus? For many of us, no. Well, Jesus one day was going to an area. He was going back 
basically home to his home area, but he was going to pass through an area called Samaria. Samaritans and Jews, although the Jews called them half-breeds, didn't get along. He went to an area. He was thirsty. He was tired. He stopped at a well. His disciples went into town to get burgers. As he was there at the well, that's true. As he was at the well, there was a woman, not burgers, maflafa, whatever. As he was at the well, he sees a woman. It's around noon. Women don't draw water in the heat of the day, except women that are outcasts, immoral women. This was the woman. Through a conversation, he said to her, will you please uh, give me some water? She was shocked that a Jew would ask for. Through that ensuing talk, Jesus said this, I can give you living water. To a Jew, that meant the Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah. Even the Samaritans were looking for the Messiah. What Jesus was saying is, I'm the Messiah. I can satisfy you with water. You see, this water that I'm drinking here, if I had living water, spiritually, what Jesus was saying, from this water of the well, you're going to thirst again. But I can give you water that will quench the thirsting of your heart for God. Well, this woman got confused. She says, what do you mean? You don't even have a bucket. How can you get some water? She didn't understand. No way that can happen. So he went through a series of questions, and I don't have time to go through it tonight. And you can look at the story and you can read it. But as he went through all of this, he said to this, you see, Jesus knew that this woman had a pretty sordid past. So he says to her, woman, go get your husband and bring him here. And here's the answer. You can look in John 4. Here's the answer from this woman. She told a lie. She told a half-truth. She said to Jesus, I don't have a husband, period. And Jesus said, I know you don't. You've had five. You've been divorced five times. And the man you're living with now in sin is not your husband. Now, how did Jesus say that? Yeah, I know you're not. I know you're an immoral woman. You're the woman that talk in the town. That's why you're here. No woman of any reputation would be here. And really, you're beyond hope. You see, we laugh a little. How do we treat sinners? Well, what do you mean you have AIDS? What do you mean you have, what do you mean married, divorced twice? What's wrong with you? What do you mean you're living in a homosexual? What, what, how many guys, what? What are our words? Do they bring life or do they bring death? You see, some of us would have condemned this woman. Some of us would have said so harshly the truth that she would have been devastated. But I believe that Jesus said this, Hey, I know you don't have a husband. I know you've been hurt by life. You've made lots of wrong choices. You need me. You need a new start. I am willing to give it to you if you'll commit yourself and follow me. You see, Jesus used words of life, not death. He used words of encouragement. Now, he didn't color the situation and say, I don't guess I should say anything about her husband and the five... No, he just went ahead and said it, but he didn't say it in a condemning way. Do you get it? How do we speak to our neighbors and friends, coworkers, people that get drunk and drugs and all? How do we speak to them? Because Jesus used these words, these words of power from his 
mouth. They were words of healing, not destruction. They were words of building up, not tearing down. They were words of truth, not deception. They were words of compassion, not condemnation. Because of this, the woman said, you're the answer. She left her water pot, ran back into town, and said to her friends, hey, come and see a guy like I've never met. Could this be the Messiah? This is a, and the people from the town came, their lives were changed. Why? Because of the power, listen, of the words of Jesus. We have the same responsibility and privilege to speak the words that bring life, not death. Christian, I've asked you to judge what's coming out of your mouth. It's either life or death. Which is it? You see, if it's death, then you've got to go back to the heart. Because it isn't the mouth that's a problem. It's our heart that might be critical and negative. One last thing I want to share. Look at Proverbs 13, 14. I have it on the overhead. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. We talked about it. Turning a man from the snares of death. Let me just say this, and here's how we're going to close. There's some of you here tonight who are not Christians. You've never had the privilege of asking Jesus Christ into your heart. You're spiritually dead. The Bible says that if you want to, you can go to heaven. If you want to have your sins removed, if you want to have peace with God, then it starts with a changed heart. You must be born again. You have to be. That's the truth that I'm sharing with you tonight. God wants to change your life. It's very clear. And this is a testimony. God has given us eternal life. And the life is in the Son. Notice something very important in that verse. The life is not in the church. The life is not in the baptism. The life is not in good life. The life is not in the Ten Commandments. The life is in the Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Well, what does it mean, Pastor Mark, to become a Christian? What does it mean to turn my heart to God? Here's what it means. You have to do six things. Let me list them for you quickly. Number one, you have to recognize you're a sinner. Number two, you have to recognize Jesus died for you. Number three, you have to repent of your sins. You have to repent of your sins. Let me tell you what that means. Some of you are playing with God. You can't say, well, I guess I'm a pretty average person, I'm a moral person, and uh, I've done some wrong things in my life, and I'd have been a perfect person. That is not repentance. If you're going to come to Jesus Christ, you're going to have to say, I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry for my sin. Then you have to ask him into your heart, he'll come. I believe the scripture says this, you have to do it publicly, and you have to do it now. Today's the day of salvation. Are you in the construction business or the destruction business? As you consider this, remember what we learned today. We either build up or tear down. And our tools of the trade should be helpful words, peaceful words, words of love, words of encouragement, and words of life. As you enter the cone zone, don't forget the master builder's instructions. Don't let anything come out of your mouth that isn't helpful for building others up. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Now, our next message on Lessons for Living continues to deal with the control center of our lives, the heart. We are learning how it directly affects everything we think, say, and do. And coming up, Pastor Mark shifts his focus to our eyes. We'll learn that to achieve 2020 single vision, we must look straight ahead and see life through God's lens. Until then, be careful, little eyes, what you see. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Let us hear your